0: Don't
1: need no springs, got torsion bars, don't want no springs, got torsion bars, Throw away those springs, got torsion bars, got clippers, torsion level rise. Hey
0: everybody and welcome to a new edition of the award-winning Talking About Cars. I'm Randy Cardoon. Everybody has a car story. Just a reminder, please subscribe to our iTunes page. we love a review and a rating and if you're listening on SoundCloud, give us a like and if you'd like, leave a message. Also, follow us on our Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube. This week, we talk with a pair of car guys who love to bring the classic car world right to your video screen. Fireball Tim Lawrence. He's all over YouTube with his car videos, including his daily Fireball Tim Malibu vlog, which showcases him and his wife Kathy as they encounter cool wheels parked in Malibu and at various other car events that he visits. He documents those encounters on video, plus the occasional celebrity who shares their love of cars with him. He even began his own car event. He has the monthly Wheels and Wheels. Wave show third Sunday of the month at Gladstones, where Sunset Boulevard ends up at Pacific Coast Highway, right at the Pacific Ocean in Southern California. Also joining us today, Ken Vela, the owner of Wicked Customs with a K in Huntington Beach. He moved halfway across the country to follow his fascination about cars and find a fun way to make a living. He occasionally pops up on Fireball's video as a fellow car guy. So, Fireball Tim, let's start it off with you. How long ago was it that you were bitten by the car bug?
1: Other than the fact that supposedly my mom yelled fireball as I was coming out, I'm glad she didn't yell heads up. So (laughs) my name was- That would be a
0: different podcast, I believe.
1: Yeah, I don't know. You know, the only thing that I can recall back to seven, six years old, whatever it was, is we had a huge olive tree in the front yard, and it was always my thing to take my matchbox and Hot Wheels and drive from point A to point B. And I couldn't get up- until I drove every single one of those cars. That was my thing. I just love doing that. My parents always got me art supplies and, and die-cast cars, whether they were corgis or dinkies or all that kind of stuff. And and I just love putting those two things together to this day. You know, now the cars are a little bit bigger. and uh, But as far as the design and the that creation process, that's my go-to thing. I, I love being able to create something from nothing, and that that is fascinating. We all have the ability to do that. I think some people uh, do it better than others simply because they believe that they can. But to watch people like Ken, who I'm sitting next to at Wicked Customs, to for him to be able to build something from nothing, to take something that is purely unique and create something like that, uh, I find that fascinating, that, that the human mind works that way and that people can, can do that. So that's my passion. That's my love. And that's, that's what we try to exemplify on the vlog and, and on most shows that we do. Uh, I feel very fortunate, and blessed to be able to do that.
0: We're going to talk a little bit about the vlog in here in just a little bit, but i'm I'm kind of curious when you first started, what was your first car?
1: Oh, boy. um my first car I bought for five hundred bucks. It was a lemon yellow Volkswagen dasher that actually looked like a lemon. <laughs> but it hauled ass. it was it was one of those cars that uh, with German engineering, I think it was a seventy three. Or seventy four. I, I forget which. Maybe that's a little bit early. I don't remember the exact date. But um, uh, the biggest part about it was that I was I was teaching karate at the time, uh, and I used five hundred bucks that I saved up, and I bought this car. And it was this this unbelievable thing that I had accomplished. And uh, at the time, I wasn't. I didn't consider myself a car guy. I you know, it's just I loved cars. I loved playing with cars. I loved looking at cars. I loved contemplating the design. You know, when something goes by. Um, and, and that was just my choice. It just stood out. It was yellow and that was it.
0: A lot of people may not know, aside from the Fireball Tim vlog that he does, you have a lot of art in your background.
1: Sure, sure. Talk a little bit about that
0: and, and how you got into that
1: uh well you know as i said my parents always you know fed me the art supply so I, I i cultivated that i you know, went to college uh, at art center as a car designer i didn't want to work for a car company because the turnaround time was a, you know a decade or more uh, i was always fascinated by the film industry my my parents were in the film industry and i thought how can i apply doing cars to this world um, i managed to do that uh, i went to work for disney imagineering for a number of years and then went into the film industry. Uh, worked on about 400 films and about 1,000 commercials. Ads. I mean, how
0: great was that? What kind of stuff did you work on?
1: Uh, it's amazing stuff. You know, I, the first one I did was the Batmobile for the Batman film. And, you know, I I didn't really know how things worked, so I just did some sketches for uh, Anton Furst, who was the production designer. And and lo and behold, it just happened to be a movie that didn't get tanked or, uh, you know, ended up on some, you know, uh, uh, um cemetery somewhere that, you know, it actually got made and you realize, wow, concept to completion, that solidified in my mind the value of that love of the creation process of creating something from nothing and actually going to the movie and watching that car drive through the film, uh, that that hooked it for me. But I, I grew up running around George Barris's shop when I was 11 years old uh, and I saw this process all the time. I just didn't necessarily go through the process myself. And when I finally did do that in the film industry, I was hooked. And I, I just started doing lots of movies. I wasn't always designing the car, uh, but I was designing everything from weapons to costumes to um, sets and props, things like that.
0: Which Batmobile are we talking about now?
1: 1989 film, Batman, with, uh, um, I was going to say Buster Keaton, <laughs> but not that <laughs> Keaton. His grandfather. My, Almost as funny. Keaton. Almost as <laughs> funny. Yeah, Michael Keaton. Um and then that was the one that turned into the Bat Missile, which uh, a friend of mine, Jacques Ray, uh, took that evolution and, and redesigned. Uh, Tim Flattery came in and did the next one. Uh, then, you know, it was a whole series of friends that I went to school with that did the series of Batmobiles, all the way to Nathan Crowley, who's, who did uh, uh, the Tumblr. Um, So it's kind of neat to see everybody evolve through that.
0: That's fascinating, though. Tell me, take us through some of the process of, you were talking about the weapons and and all these add-ons that you put on the car. I mean, obviously, we all have an idea what the the Barris Batmobile was all about and that kind of thing. And it had certain weapons and that. Talk about how you came up with some of the ideas for your weaponry for the vehicle.
1: Well, the thing about it is that, you know, when you're designing a car for a film, you're basically designing a character. Is that if if someone came to me and said, "Okay, uh, Dwayne Johnson has has a car that he has to drive in this movie. What would be a Dwayne Johnson version of a car?" Well, he's not going to be driving a Volvo. He's not going to be driving a truck. You know, uh, it's very clear he's going to be driving the most ridiculous muscle car on the planet, and Ken would probably build that. Mm. But you know, for the for the the original Batmobile. Um, it was about concealment. You know, it, it had to have ultimate weapons. It had to have things that could evolve so that if they, they franchised the movie and Batman 22 came out, things could still come out of the car. This was before the idea of, hey, let's crash this Batmobile and build a whole new Batmobile next time so we can do all kinds of toys and everything else, and that's kind of the mode that everything is in right now. But, you know, back then it was the Batarang. It was all the things that the original series had but an evolution, so that the guns would flop out of the out of the fenders and, and it had the ability to point and shoot um you know he tried to take the modern technology at the time back in 80 i think 86 was when i was originally working on it and and you know what was the highest tech you could take you know you can't turn a car around pull a u-turn in that batmobile because it's like 28 to 30 feet long so the idea was like oh how do you turn this thing around well the, the 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 um the street stamp came out of the bottom of it, and the car rotated on a single axis and went back the other direction. So, you know, those kinds of things evolve, and and you have to read the script. You have to think about uh, the way the writers have portrayed it. The those key elements that everybody loves, the director, the producer, everybody loves those things, and then and then take it a step further and says, okay, and I've done a lot of a lot of things with cars to where you come up with an idea, and then they end up writing it into the script because it it ends up being something unique that that uh, that they originally didn't think of.
0: Name one, or name something that uh, that would fit under that.
1: Well, it, this this particular example wasn't a car, but it was a weapon. You know, uh, I did a there was a series of books called Artemis Fowl that came out. that was much like Harry Potter meets James Bond. Uh, very successful series of books and they're trying to make movies out of them and they wanted a weapons a w- weapons for these fairies that they could have these Wars on the fairy scale but they can't kill each other because it's a kids movie you know so at, how do you how do you come up with a weapon so uh, they didn't have these weapons within the 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 books and they wanted to create those so I came up with the idea of doing what I call an emo gun and an emo gun is something that disrupts your emotions so so that's how you get away you shoot somebody with an emo gun and they start crying uncontrollably and you you can get away or they start laughing hysterical or they start having unfortunate bowel movements or, you know, things that kids would get into. Um, and in each one of these weapons, it was a specific, unique thing. And it was almost like a um, a very serious looking Nerf gun or, or, or water, you know, whatever those water guns are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, that that evolved. Unfortunately, they didn't make the movie, at least not yet. But that's kind of fun is that they give you a task to come up with something that's unique and, and try to apply that to a, a bigger scale.
0: Ken Vela joins us, and uh, he, of course, is um, Wicked Customs. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about your start uh, as far as when you kind of realized that you're into cars.
2: Well, it's not quite as elaborate as uh, Fireballs, but <laughs> it, there, there is some correlation there. Um, my biggest aha moment was um, the Batmobile, 1966, the original Batmobile. When I saw that on, on screen, uh, living in, in Indiana in a small town, uh, that was my window of opportunity, and that that was it. I just had to knew everything about it. I had to, you know. Unfortunately, we didn't have VCR where you could pause it and study the car. Um, every every episode, you looked at what kind of wheels were those. You know, those are you know radar wheels. What what are those? And just on and on and on. And the the second uh, biggest influence was uh, Speed Racer. That's another one. You know, that's one mm-hmm. uh, of the, the the first original. Uh, Uh, anime. Right. Absolutely. You know, so that in combination. Um, And uh, I I guess basically started working on cars and uh, with the uh, the family car Uh, being from Midwest, there's a lot of rust uh, damage, things like that. So what was the family car back then? Uh, 1968 Chevelle four-door.
0: And you tried to turn that into a Batmobile? Well, (laughs) no. (laughs) No.
1: Okay.
2: All right. (laughs) Okay. Good it sounded good at the time uh no just basic uh, learning how to to paint and uh, do metal work and that sort of thing just uh, uh you know more of a, a surviving uh, the family car type thing
0: now has mom given you the car at this point or were you just working on it in between time that mom was going to the grocery
2: it was between mom going to the grocery store and dad taking it to the steel mill i see on a daily okay. basis okay. I, I juggled that so we got that painted and then then came the other cars, and we started doing more custom stuff uh, my dad realized I had a talent for it and started buying me the tools, the compressors, the air, the air guns and everything like that. Um, and then next thing you know, I have a full-blown body shop at my dad's garage in the neighborhood. So the first thing you do is you want to make sure you paint the neighbor's cars and make them happy. Of course. Um, so and, and it just evolved into that, working with colors and, and uh, candies and, and uh, fiberglass and metalwork, uh, pretty much doing something, uh, anything a customer would want, um, an idea, and we just – replicate it and just do it.
0: So really, from the start of you getting involved with cars, this was some place you knew you wanted to go.
2: Most definitely. On, on, on the weekends, we would just do basic maintenance, uh, tune-ups, uh, oil changes, brake jobs. But off in the distance, I would hear these rumbling cars. I'm like, what, are, what is that? It's Sunday mornings, and it was the US 30 drag strip, which was 30 miles away, but I could hear the echoes of the hot rods. Out there it was just unbelievable, you know. Sunday, Sunday, smoking US thirty drag strip <laughs> with the great ones, run, 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 you know that that kind of thing. And that that just that just added to it, and it just snow- snowballed. And and dreaming about coming out to California and building custom cars. That was the the most important thing that I that I had to do was on a mission, and and here I am. What was your first car? Well, the first car was a, a Vega. Okay, um, but <laughs> what we did to it, we turned it into, or actually, I turned it into a baby Z twenty eight. Yeah, we put Ooh. a V8 in it. Uh-huh. Um, did everything? Uh, reading from the hot rod magazines, uh, welding the seams, taking the emblems off, uh, just just everything, everything custom on that thing. One one of, and then that's. Uh,
0: well, you say you took the emblems off. What did you yeah. did you put anything back on? Like no, we str- okay, you we, yeah. just.
2: We stripped the emblems completely, okay. um, so you didn't know what it was, but it was the, the, the smaller version of a Camaro. I mean, the the scoops, the flares of spoilers were all recreated and molded into the car and and hand-painted stripes that I did myself. So I was always learning how to do uh, the custom stuff and, and learning California, what, what they did at the time. Mm-hmm. Pro Street, when that came out, I built a 63 uh, Pro Street uh, in the Midwest. So it was, you know, I, I had to be out here, you know, 24-7 uh, cars, uh, beautiful Beautiful cars, beautiful women, beautiful beaches, uh, oceans. Um, that's that's where it's at. In, in Midwest, you were watching
0: a lot of TV when you were young.
2: Well, that was the other thing. I, I joke about his dad, uh, which is a, the most I would say the most famous screenwriter in my book, and and. Uh, he practically raised me. Uh, all these shows that I watched—that was my my window. What what is what Tim, is California Tim, like?
0: Tim, talk about your dad and one of the things he's referencing to some of the shows that he's done.
1: Well, my my dad, his name's Anthony Lawrence, and he he has a a pretty tremendous background as a writer in Hollywood. Over thirty five hundred published pieces. He was writing bonanzas, outer limits, twilight zones. You know, tons of shows through the eighties. Lots of cop shows. Um, you know, and Ken is referencing shows like Starsky and Hutch and and uh, Dukes of Hazard, and and you know if you get him going, he won't stop. He can sing every single tune, probably <laughs> probably quote every single line from every show. I you know I kid you not, um, but that that's immersive. You know, and that to me is a tremendous passion, and and that's why he's here today doing what he's doing.
0: So, Ken, you eventually came out here. How old were you when you actually made the trip?
2: Uh, Twenty one. 21. So actually, I've I've been out here for a good uh, about 30 years. So I've been here longer than I've been uh, back home. But, what uh, what brought you out? Uh, the cars 24 uh, 7. You didn't have to put your car away uh, for the winter time. You always had to drive a beater and uh, I just what, what would I, I just imagine what would it be like to go somewhere and be able to drive your cool car every day, no matter what. Even if it rains, so what? You know, you get to enjoy it uh, instead of putting it away and and, and dreaming about it and. Uh, and that sort. So it's uh, it's a dream come true, really. I mean, it, I knew this from, I don't know, seven, eight years old. I would stare out in the window, and my mom would wake up in the morning and, and uh, ask me, well, what are you doing, dreaming about California? I said, yeah.
0: So you got to a point where you
2: just circled the date on the calendar and said, I'm leaving then? No, I just started packing, and I just left.
0: Just headed no, to California? No
2: job, no nothing, I guess old Pioneer style, except for the, the wagon train. I didn't... Could, Go that route? No, that probably wouldn't uh, have been a good idea. But would I'd have, still be going unless Tim's dad wrote it. <laughs> yeah. Then that would have been. He fine. did actually. He did <laughs> <laughs> got the idea from Bonanza.
0: <laughs> so you what took the what used to be the Vega out, or what did you drive out in?
2: No, actually it was uh, nothing. As uh, it was a U-Haul, so I had I had some things we packed in the U-Haul. Did the um, um, the trip during the the winter months. So you have to take the long route, which is about maybe I think four days. Um, I think three of those days was Texas. That's the longest state, and I was just gonna pull my hair out but the coolest thing is when we, when we got to it was the middle of winter when we when we got uh, pulled in it was like instant summertime it was just it was just the incredible thing it's something that I'll remember for the rest of my life and and, and how I imagine it it would be so your first California car was uh, well we're gonna go to a um, 1970 big block uh, Corvette that's a good start yeah. you've been saving your money oh yeah that was my dream was to to have a Corvette um, everybody in the Midwest um, you know, they, they'd have that special uh, signal where they drive by and they'd wave. And I'm like, God, I don't want to be part of that. Cool. And they'd have the American flag yeah. on the antenna, that sort of thing. But the thing was, it, the majority I noticed, and it might sound kind of kooky, but they seemed to be older bald men. And, and and my goal was like I'm gonna have a cool Corvette and I want to have hair. Those were women. And you want your hair? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be for those were women. So was that what it was? Uh, I, I was just I was too busy looking at the car. I, I didn't pay attention. Now that's a car guy
0: right there for you. He didn't pay attention. That's great. So you came out. You kept your hair. That's always a good sign. Now Tim, you grew up here in California, correct? You keep calling me Tim and my
1: my first Fireball. name is Fireball. It's Fireball. My, it's my legal name.
2: Here, hold on a He's second. He's getting warm over here too. You better you better start calling him Fireball.
0: Yeah. Okay. He's, <laughs> Right, when I'll, you call me Tim, I think I'm in trouble. You know, that's what my wife calls me, and I know I'm in trouble. <laughs> yeah, your wife and the IRS. I know that feeling. Yeah. Okay, so Fireball,
2: <laughs> Yes, you, sir.
0: you were talking about how your dad was here in, in, in Southern California. He was a screenwriter, and he did a lot of shows. So obviously you grew up here in California. I mean, obviously, I'd imagine you used to go on sets all the time.
1: Uh, we did. That was a pretty common thing. In fact, it was, it was very normal, you know, uh, to be— Ten years old and running around stage twelve at Universal, and it looked like a uh, Paradise Island. You know, they were shooting a a pilot for a TV show called Stranded, uh, that was the precursor to I don't know what what's that show that was the Island show that where. Fantasy Island. Plane. No, the no, plane. no, no, no. Recent, recent. Oh. Everyone disappeared. You know the. Oh, Lost. Lost. Oh, yeah, oh, it was yeah, the yeah, precursor yeah. to okay. Lost. So it was uh-huh. a show very similar to that. Um, so seeing this kind of stuff in that creative process, it was very normal to hang out on the set. And then a few months later, everyone huddles in front of the TV and we all watch the the episode and we just razz my dad over his stupid lines and, and how bad it is. And, you know, and things like that. And he loved it. You know, it was just something that we did. Um, you know, but I did want to say, you know, the the interesting thing about you know why we do what we're doing here, and I'm flanked by these guys. I love these guys. It's, you know, Wes and Ken. They're very passionate about what they do. But there's a vast difference between automotive enthusiasm, enthusiasm and car culture. And you know, and what we try to do, the the thing that we're trying to push out, and I think that that young kids are really responding to that, is that car culture is, and it's at its core. Taking something from nothing and making it your own. Uh, it's not going to a dealership and buying a Ferrari and driving it to a car show and saying, hey, look what I got. And that's nice. That's automotive enthusiasm. You, you like your car. And I, I respect And those people guys. do that. Yeah. Yes, they do a lot of that. But the wheels and waves uh, at Gladstone's that we're doing right now, this is, a, this is an art show. This is a show where people bring their own individual pieces of art. And, and I'm so proud and so excited to meet those people. And, uh, you know, with the vlog and, and the things we do, you know, Wes is telling a story in pictures. Ken is telling a story in three-dimensional objects. And I'm telling a story in, in, in with the vlog. I don't even know how to describe the vlog other than it's just, you know, it's 21st century television on your phone. But, you know, it's, it's, it's something that we're very passionate about. And I think that that shared passion, uh, the... The curiosity uh, that I have and that people come to the show with, they want to see what other pieces of art people have created and understand how they did it and why they did it. and. You know, and that's always exciting for us.
0: Now, for those people who haven't seen it yet, it's uh, Fireball Malibu vlog, fireballtim.com. Where did that idea come from? I mean, and did it originally start in its current form or did you kind of morph it along the way?
1: I I always say, you know, that I I think successful people come from the fact that they just make more mistakes than most people. You know, is that I have screwed up with online content for the last decade, trying to figure out, everyone says, oh, I know what viral content is. I know what you can do to create a viral piece. You know nobody knows squat. Uh, the bottom line is you got to find out what is right for you and then find that audience, because there is an audience. Uh, I've done a lot of shows for Discovery and Speed and all those things, and they had huge audiences and everything else, but I decided that when I figured out what a vlog is, and a vlog is basically a video blog, it's uh, it's follows along with my wife and I and these schmoes as we experience car culture, and uh, in this particular show it's Beach Life. And, and
0: he says schmo in the nicest,
1: kindest oh, possible just, way. I yes. mean it with a capital M. I really do. <laughs> hey, Larry! Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so the vlog the vlog started, you know, the, the question was, can I create content every day? And if, if, if James Cameron were to create a daily show, uh, what would it look like? And that's what I wanted to achieve. I wanted to achieve the best possible content on a daily basis that looked like you were watching television. And, and it evoked an emotion that when people f- finished watching this, it, it left something bright in their day. And, and that's the goal with it. And I can't do that myself. I can use the tools in the best way I know how, but it's the stories that we tell. It's the experiences like today. We're shooting the vlog. Where's my camera? I should be shooting literally while we're we're doing this. i am literally got the camera going on as we're talking. So right now, I'm looking at myself. So the the idea of creating uh, online content that people can watch daily, I just wasn't sure people would like that. Did I do something wrong? Did I screw it up? Oh,
0: oh he wants okay. to film it. And by okay. the way, uh, you could uh, watch... Tim shooting himself looking at himself <laughs> on the Fireball Tim vlog at a future time. Tomorrow. So just keep well, tomorrow?
1: They they air, they air daily, they air every day. Okay. And I, you know, once so again, I just wasn't sure that people wanted to see that daily and that's exactly what the the response has been. Our, our our audience has jumped uh the enthusiasm has jumped. We're on episode 431 today. That's 431 consecutive days. And the neat thing about it for me is it's become a pipeline for my friends and for people that love what they do and to be able to show those people whether they're builders or pinstripers or writers, journalists, anybody who loves cars and be able to share what they do with the rest of the world and it's it's awesome.
0: So you're never going to take a day
1: off. I I consider every day a day off. <laughs> At this point, you know, uh, I get I, you know, I, I think part of part of also you know, with the vlog is to is automotive inspiration. It's, it's the mm-hmm. ability to show people that that true enthusiasm comes from doing what you love. And, and that's a very strong message because people don't succeed because they either can't identify what they want or they can identify, but they don't really believe that they can have it. How can I quit my job and go do what I love? You know, so my question to people when I do seminars and things like that is, what do you do on the weekends? What is what do you enjoy? So, you know, people wait for the weekends before they do what they love instead of figuring out a way that how can they make their life a weekend? And I think that's a very important question to pose for yourself because you can do that. And you just have to you have to figure out what are you most passionate? What do you love in this world? And then how can you formulate that in into into a way that that makes money? And and everybody does that. Everybody can.
0: Well, that's yeah. the big question. A lot of people wonder how they do that because right. that you isn't do this... that.
1: You do that with this. You know, you have an amazing voice that we could sit here and listen all week long to. Thank you. Isn't that kind of strange? But you know, thank you. But people, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's just, it's really tough for people to to, to be able to to give themselves an excuse that it's okay to find what you love. You get battered into your head that, you know, people say that, oh, you can't do that. Or look what all the hurdles you'd have to jump over to be able to get and do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're here to say there's three of us that are doing what, what we love and, uh, and anybody can.
0: So, Ken, how did you get involved with what uh, the vlog and also with what Fireball's doing?
2: Well, it all started with um, the, the Concourse, Huntington Beach Concourse. Uh, he was the Grand Marshal there. And uh, one, of, one of my creations actually won Best of Show. And um, at that point, we started talking. We had kind of like-minded. Uh, he's goofy, silly, and I'm kind of goofy, silly. Aren't we? Okay, <laughs> nah. looking at me, buddy. I'm just checking at you. All those in favor? Here we go. All right, yeah. I think yeah. we're crazy. Um, Which just one thing led to another. We just started hanging out and uh, um, going to Malibu and doing the cars and coffee, um, just doing different shows and just having having fun. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so much fun to be able to do what you're passionate about. I mean, just ex- exactly like seeing you out there on Sunday, Supercar Sunday, you're doing your thing. It's like every day is, is, is fun. You know, you're passionate about it and, and you don't worry about living for the weekends. It's like every day is a weekend mm-hmm. and you don't mind working every day. And it's not even working. You didn't say work.
0: And what he's referring to is this uh, as uh, we record this, uh, the Sunday before, I went to uh, Supercar Sunday, which is out at what, as long as it's still the promenade, we'll see what happens in a few years, but uh, the promenade out of Woodland Hills. And I. Played around with Facebook Live. And I went live from the show, which is a little different than what you do. I mean, you record it and, and edit it later. But it, the technology, Tim, as you oh. know, is just Incredible. we couldn't do what we're doing just a few years ago, it seems.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Five years ago, there was no way to be able to achieve this. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now you suddenly realize that everybody has the ability to do it. It's whether they can do it good or not. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in, in it's not so much about the tools as what you, what you do with the tools. And, uh, you know, you can have all the editing software. You can have tens of thousands of dollars in camera equipment. It doesn't make you a good photographer. You know, Wes is an amazing photographer. If you go to dailydriverproject.com and, and see his stuff, he looks at these cars in a very unique way. And and I deal with a lot of photographers, and, and I see a lot of this stuff. And it's always cool when he shows up. Not only does he have an enormously terrible sense of humor, but he has a great eye. and uh, And we get to hang out and and look at these things. And I know that the next and then within the next day or two, I'm going to see a great post from him with some really great shots. It's very cool.
0: Wes Nielsen, of course, he's referring to, and, of course, he uh, has his Daily Driver Project. And uh, by the time this aired, we've already had you on the show, so we don't want to talk to he, you. He now. doesn't. Because we, you know, we've already heard I'm, from you. I'm
1: kind of pissed because I, I was really expecting he was going to talk really poorly about me, and I just I don't get to now. So <laughs> I've got to be, I gotta be it, nice to it? him now. Well, you don't have to be that
2: nice. Well, he has a shiny head.
0: Ah, okay. Well, he hasn't taken off his hat yet. So. There it is.
2: Whoa! There it is. whoa. Oh, gee, put that back on, boy. It's a good thing we're on. <laughs> good this thing. is not video. <laughs>
0: good thing this is not <laughs> video. Wow. Okay, then. My eyes hurt. Yeah, I think you're going to definitely have to check the website now to see if he, you know. I'll you, buff that for mi- a buck, though. <laughs> you're not near a microphone. We can't <laughs> talk she to shining. you about she that. Shining. That's that's not too bad. Okay, so the one thing that's a lot of fun and a lot of things about this vlog that you have are a lot of fun. You come up with all sorts of interesting vehicles to drive around in. Can talk about. Where you get some of these cars, and and just some—I think one that came to mind was the Packard police car. Talk a little bit about that.
2: That's one we uh, that we saw. It was uh, 19—I'm going to say 52, I believe, was a 1952 Packard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, it was an ex Secret Service car from Washington. That was the most special part of it. So it's kind of the mystique of how did you find that. Uh, it was actually it was part of the museum. Again, we're closely tied with the Automobile Driving Museum in El Segundo. And we have the opportunity to see their cars. So they have about 130 cars and get a chance to even drive those cars. And, and seeing that car, I would have never known a police car or a cop car would draw that much attention. But that thing is just fun and incredible. And plus, it's a Packard. How many of you have you seen it? Well, you know?
0: absolutely seen it. And yeah. that's, I think, one of the things that just eye catching. Mm-hmm. You know, when was the last time the two words Packard and police yeah. were involved yeah. on the same car? Yeah. Not necessarily Packard being chased by police. <laughs> no, it was Packard w- with police on the side. Mm-hmm. And.
2: That that was yeah it's 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 quite incredible. I mean it, it brings the smiles to to so, so many faces along the freeway. People taking pictures, um, it, so much so that I would take it to different shows just to kind of get some exposure for the museum to help help promote them because that's what we do. We help uh, promote each other and work together and have fun at it. And uh, it it got invited to several shows uh, because they saw that car out there, and it's just so so much fun to be a part of that, uh, sharing with the public. Just you, you know the smiles and the you know it's it's neat.
1: The automobile drives. Driving Museum is a sponsor for our Wheels and Waves show. And that simply means that they're always going to have a presence. They're going to bring something really cool for people to see and truly unique. And the, the Packard as well as a quite a number of cars that we brought to that show. Um, you know, there's just nothing like driving up PCH uh, into Malibu and, and being in something extraordinary or even seeing that. You know, it's pretty fun.
0: Your vlog has matured so much over the last few years, especially now that you're doing one every day. And I'll ask the question to you, where do you see this going?
1: Uh, well, right now we are monetizing. We are making money off the show. And uh, I have a number of meetings, one that was actually scheduled for today, and it, it got switched, and so I'm hanging out with these guys. Um, uh, I'm pitching shows all the time, but what seems to have caught on now is pitching the vlog as a show uh, since we have shot so much content, uh, and it's evergreen. It's not something necessarily that's going to go old. Although I do, you know, I work with about 12 different car companies. I have a new a new car brought to my to my pad every. Week or so, uh, and those can, can become dated a bit by driving these classics and everything else. So, the the direction that it's headed, we're shooting for a thousand vlogs. Um, but, the, you know, the goal is to be able to monetize it in a way so that there's no limits, so that we can travel the world, we can visit. Unique locations, we can go check out Japanese car culture, Australian car culture. Uh, we just have no limits. And to be able to take those people that that we enjoy being with us along for that ride and to be able to to share that content across the planet.
0: And speaking of no limits, I mean, once upon a time, and you've been through this, uh, if you wanted something on TV or on your screen, you would go to Velocity. You would go to Discovery. You would go to, insert name of network here, uh, nowadays, you know, you've know, you got Netflix, you've got Crackle, you've got all these other things. I mean, are those even in your wheelhouse as far as possibly putting a show?
1: Uh, not so much. you know, Because the, the thing now is, is what, what's been eliminated is the, the middleman. And the middleman was the production company. It was me creating a show, getting into a production company, and the production company uh, selling it to the network, and then the network telling you what they want. And that's, that's worked fine for, for very, uh, quite a number of years. But now uh, the vlog puts me directly in touch with my audience. And my audience tells me directly what it is that they want. It's very easy for someone to leave a comment on on the YouTube channel saying, wow, I'd really li- like to see that, a 67 Malibu, or I'd like to see a, a Mustang or something like that. And that puts that thought into my mind, and I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to search for that stuff. And now, you know, we work with a company called Broadband TV, which is uh, directly related to YouTube. Uh, we, you know, we use royalty-free music. We have access to a tremendous engine, tremendous amount of tools. There's tons of, you know, 14-year-old millionaire YouTubers out there that are just doing their hair or just cut, you know, doing nails or, or things like that, and that's a reality in today's game. Is the the new entertainment system you carry around in your pocket? You know, and people are playing games and they're watching television. You can watch all your favorite shows, and then you can watch individual shows. You know, before is you had to you had thirteen channels before, and then you had five hundred channels with the networks, and now you have literally what amounts to be, you know, how many people are on this planet who have oh, a phone? Yeah. They can create a YouTube channel and and create unique content. So. Uh, whatever is is, you know, whatever you love, you're going to be able to find a show for it.
0: So, do's and don'ts of YouTube, or do's and don'ts of creating your own show.
1: Uh, d- number one, don't don't create negative things. Don't don't spread a message that that's hurtful. Uh, that is. Uh, is not going to help the planet grow in some way or help individuals grow in some way. Do's certainly the opposite of that. Is uh, if you're going to post something, realize that you have a responsibility, and that is that you're affecting a lot of people in a very unique way. So what you say makes a difference. Your words have power. So you know we don't talk politics, we don't talk uh, about beer, or we don't talk you know uh, about certain things. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't drink beer. It just means that. You know, if if I have an opportunity to say something, then you want to be able to to think before you say it. You don't want to just randomly throw out things. People leave comments on on the vlog sometimes that are negative. Uh, just know that if you do that, it gets deleted immediately. So you're wasting your time. So
0: it's all about the message.
1: Absolutely, it's the you know, and, and it comes down to me. It comes down to one thing, and that's love. And uh, I, I happen to love cars. I happen to love the ocean. And there's ways in which I can promote that. Uh, to a younger generation so that they can have a better life. And that's the bottom line, is we all want to grow, to be advancing people. We want to be able to do something, be somewhere. I'm grateful to you for us to be here so that that when we leave here, we've advanced a little bit more. We've been able to spread a message through you. And that's that's tremendous gratitude I have for that. Uh, And at the same time, I want to be able to provide that for you and for these guys and for anybody else that wants to send a message out that's good. And that's important. Uh, We got enough of the other stuff. Just we got two people duking it out for our presidency and it's disgusting. It's just terrible on on both sides, you know. So if if we can take the, the reins ourselves as individuals and make a difference, then then we should.
0: I thought we were going to talk about politics. Let's uh, let's stay off that. Oh, but no. but it, but you're right. You know the the fact is that we're getting so many negative things, and people are doing things to show off, and it isn't necessarily a good thing. The fact that you're using this for good and uplifting stuff is actually very positive.
1: Well, there's so many car shows out there where people are throwing wrenches and yelling at each other. I mean, uh, yeah, sure it's entertaining, but when you're done watching that show, how do you feel? And to me, when I sit in, in this in this one of these Cadillacs, or I sit in, in Ken's 57 Chevy and go for a, a ride, you know, the feeling that I get from that, is, you can't replace. Mm-hmm. And those are the things that you remember. Those are the things, if you talk to anyone who's in their 80s and they, they tell you stories, they don't tell you all the crap they went through and all the terrible stuff. They tell you the things that were important that, that they remember that uh, that made them feel good and, and the loves that they've had and the children they've had and all these great things. So, you know, I, I just think that we can evolve as a as a race and as a species, but uh, honestly, you have to want to. And and that's a level of consciousness that some people are a bit challenged and some people are there, you know? And, and I just, I want to be able to create stuff that makes a
2: difference.
0: Ken, when we talk about the car culture and the fact that you have some classic cars, wh- let's talk about your cars. What kind of cars do you have in your garage right now?
2: I've got a uh, Pro Street 57 Chevy, 500 horse, 500 torque foot pound, uh, uh, 210 Bel Air. Uh, basically, set it for quarter mile, but uh, it's dual purpose. So I can launch out of the hole at 5,000 RPM and get there in 11 seconds. Yikes. Or I can take it all the way out in the carpool lane doing 90 miles an hour at 2,800 RPM and make it out to Malibu. And that, that was my goal. Usually, it's like when you build a, a drag car or a quarter mile car, you're, you're stuck in town. There's got to be a way to be able to, to, to do both. And I've mastered that. I've been able to achieve that, and it's awesome because you can enjoy it. You can take it anywhere, and that's the whole thing. You know, it's not something you just want to talk about. Well, I have a I have a really cool car in my garage. And it's like, well, why don't you drive it? Well, I can only go around the around the block. Um, but the the second one, the other monster, which has the the Batmobile influence and also the Speed Racer influence, is the Wicked Three Fifty Six W I K D Three Five Six. Um, that's a little over six hundred horsepower uh, set up in a sixteen hundred pound vehicle, and uh, it's got wet nitrous. It's uh, a Porsche uh, setup as far as a transmission and engine and all that stuff. And uh, that's, uh, that's another thing. I can drive it around t- town. It's got, you know, number 13 gumballs on it. I could drive it to the track, flog it all day long, and drive it home uh, local and long distance and, and, and enjoy it and share it. That's, that's, that's my, my goal.
0: There are a lot of guys that work on cars. There's a lot of custom mm-hmm. cars going around. Uh, there's very few places to race. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard stories about street racing. You've heard uh, some really sad endings. People get into crashes where yep. they should never even be trying it on a city street. Uh, your thoughts on, on what we should do or what should be done as far as should we get more racetracks? Should we be getting more places where kids can race or, or people? Couldn't
2: race. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I mean, it's like with the Irwindale; it's our local track. That mm-hmm. um, there's still question of it if it's going to be shut down and that sort of thing. Is where do where do you have that opportunity to do to, to, um, to as an outlet to take your car out? Um, you've got Fontana; you can take it out there on the track. You can go to uh, Willow Springs, uh, take it out on the track, and you know, currently uh, Irwindale, Irwindale as well. Um, you know, basically, it's 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 a lot safer, obviously, because it's it's conditioned. It's um, you know it's set up for that kind of purpose. But when you're out on the street. Uh, showing off and all that other so many opportunities for things to go wrong and um and it's unfortunate and street racing goes back decades i mean i don't know how many people have done it and and some it just you just get caught up in it but you just got to be really super careful you can't do that kind of stuff now Mm -hmm. you know
1: you don't see a lot of 50 year old street racers no you know i mean it's it's just simply that after a while you learn your lesson either you crash it or you get enough tickets to uh to shove in your glove box. Yeah, I had exactly.
2: A, I had a lawyer at 19, so to get me out of tickets. Uh, that you had them on speed dial, and yeah, then speed dial wasn't even, was my, even existed. in my at the 63 time. Pro Street. Um, but, it, yeah, it's just the – but it's hard when you have this, this cool car, and, you know, you feel the motor, and, and you're at a street light, and another guy comes along and says, hmm, check this out it's just something that comes over you and the light turns green and then you're all of a sudden you're in it. Yeah. So I, I kind of came up with the idea. It's like, I'm going to build something that's so crazy and, and radical that you're not even going to try. So you're just sitting there and you're, you know, either shooting the nitrous off or, mm-hmm. you know, just cackling like crazy. <laughs> and 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 it works for me. So it kind of cuts down that you don't have to prove yourself, but yeah, but take it on the track. Definitely.
0: Uh Fireball. I have seen the trailer to the movie mascots. Yes. Didn't, yes, she, didn't your wife, like, make a couple of those yeah, costumes? Yeah, she,
1: she made three costumes for that. Uh, uh, you know, Kathy goes all the way back to H.R. Puff and stuff. You know, so she has a tremendous history in building mascots. Um, uh, that's part of our business. And she has this movie coming out. She built a pencil and pencil sharpener where the pencil actually uh, oh, pokes yeah. into the sharpener and yeah. sharpens. Yeah, yeah. That was good. Um, so, you know, that having that those builds on the vlog and stuff, you know, it's it, the thing is, it's automotive lifestyle. It's not a car show. Uh, you know, don't you know, don't look at the thumbnail. And if it shows a 57 Chevy or something, the, the show is not necessarily about that. But you will see that within the show amongst a lot of other automotive and beach life uh, uh, type of styles.
0: So, again, uh, the movie's going to be coming out soon and that'll be fun to look at. And uh, where will we find uh, Fireball Tim's vlog where, where do we find it again and, and if people want to get a hold of you and ask any questions.
1: Well there's three basic places. Uh, the, the primary is the YouTube channel. It's youtube.com forward slash Fireball Tim. That's where the vlog is. It's Once again it's called Fireball Malibu Vlog and of course fireballtim.com which is the uh, the uh, normal site. But if you actually want to meet with us you want to come and hang out. Uh, if you're in Southern California we would love to have you come to, to Wheels and Waves uh, at Gladstones. That takes over the Gladstones parking lot at Sunset Pacific Pacific Coast Highway. Uh, it's every third Sunday from 7 to 9 in the morning, basically cars, cars and coffee. But this kind of show is unique. It's all customs. It's hot rods, rat rods, trucks. You know, as I said, art pieces, amazing stuff uh, that people want to share. So uh, we would love to, to meet you guys and have you come out.
2: And Ken, where would we find you? Uh you can find us uh, online, uh, wickedcustoms.com, which uh, is W-I-K-D, uh, Customs with a K. And it's a little tribute to George Barris, um, a big fan. Um, and uh, I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, all that, all that good stuff. And uh, we, we'd love to come out and, and bring our toys out and share. And, and that's what it's all about is just sharing, sharing the love, the passion. Uh, even if you're stamp collecting, and we—if you're passionate about it, we—we're we, all over it. We—we we want to know. We want to be there and share.
1: And we love Wes. We love yeah. his head. It's—it's oh, it's all here. good. It's all good, man. <laughs> hey, at least he
2: didn't kill me off this time.
1: No, <laughs> Wes is always dying on There's the blog. I can't explain it. Is it true? <laughs> yes, you're kind of like, uh, Kenny. Well, it's, it's Kenny. like Kenny. Kenny. Who killed Kenny? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> yeah, you're knocking Our off Kenny. Yes. Off off. <laughs> moment of uh, moment of peace for for, for uh, Wes. And there it is. Thank and you there guys. it goes. Thank yeah, you so much.
0: Fireball, Tim Lawrence, and Wicked Customs, Ken Vela. Hey, if you're listening on iTunes, number one, don't forget to subscribe. It's free. You'll automatically get notified when a new show uploads. And then rate us and write a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, like us and follow us. Then tell your car pals and fellow club members about all the cool guests and great stories we have on our award-winning Talking About Cars podcast. Also, check out our videos with our partners at Generation Auto. We're over there on YouTube. Until next time, I'm Randy Crudit. Join me as we have some fun talking about cars.